0: Welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I am Dr. Samaria M. Colbert. We are back yet again for another banger. Another banger, okay? So who am I if this is your first time? I am a licensed therapist. I am the founder of Kingdom Creative Counseling. We are a mental health agency located in downtown Greensboro, North Carolina. I am a published author, I've published about 60 plus books and I give you, I'm an entrepreneur and I give you faith-based principles to bring about lasting change. Today we're going to talk about another good one, it's going to be another banger, I know y'all are ready, I know y'all are ready. We're going to talk about chaos, confusion and calamity inside of me and we're not going to just talk about it, we got to give you faith-based principles and we got to talk about how do you get free. How do you get free? Let's say it again, chaos confusion and calamity inside of me or sometimes going on around me and we got to figure out how do we get freedom from that. Now, uh, when I was thinking about the discourse here and how to approach the text, <laughs> so like I'm about to, so, so I like got about to preach the word and <laughs> I'm just joking. Um, I, I, I wanted to, to address some, uh, some contradictory scriptures that kind of contradicts our, our, our discussion here. Uh, and sometimes it can contradict our faith. And so let me tell you uh, what I mean by that. When you look up 1 uh, Corinthians 14.23, uh, it says in 1 four, in, uh, in Corinthians 14 14.33, 14, y'all, get a little tongue-tied here. It says that God is not the author of confusion. Hmm. God is not the author of confusion. Okay. So we we got that um and then it says in first corinthians 14 verse 40 that all things must be done decently and in order okay so god is not a god of disorder and he's not the god of confusion but when i looked up the word the, the the terms here i looked up what the definition of chaos means and it means complete disorder hmm And then I look at the word confusion and it means to be perplexed without understanding. Then I look up the word calamity and 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 it's defined as the event causing great distress, sudden damage, distress, or disaster, right? And so we have to understand if God is not the author of confusion, hmm, and he does things decently and in order. Why am I experiencing chaos, confusion, or calamity despite my faithfulness? Can we talk for a minute? Y'all ready for this one? It seems like there is a contradiction of scripture, right? And I listened to a woman of God who said years ago, she said, If it it contradicts scripture, if it feels like a contradiction, I am now missing something. She didn't say the scripture is in error. I am missing something. So I had to uh, understand a little bit more. God is not the author of confusion,
1: but why am I here? Why are we experiencing chaos, confusion,
0: or calamity inside of us in our world if? It's not in the nature of who God is. Hmm. Things that make you say, "Hmm." All right. So I want to read to you the two reasons why you may experience chaos. And I'm looking at my scriptures here, my <laughs> my iPad, and wants to go on the uh, <laughs> on the um, screen saver mode. But anyway, look up Joel, right, two twenty five. We're going to deal with another contradiction before we get to our, our facts here, right? Uh, Joel 2.25, God is giving a promise to the people of Israel, and this is the New Living Translation. He says, the Lord says, listen to what the, I will give you back what you lost to the swarming locusts, to the hope, the hoping locusts, the stripping locusts, and the cutting locusts, things that cause confusion, damage, distress. Uh, causes a uh, 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 great uh, resources to be dried up, causes you to say, they, this, this is chaotic. Anything locust is chaotic. Uh, and then he said, this is another contradiction. I said, hmm, wait a minute. He says, "In, in uh, we have the 25th verse again, it was
1: I who sent this great destroying army among you. Wait a minute now, God. Now wait a minute, now, wait a minute, wait a minute.
0: You didn't you didn't say it in your word that you're not the author of confusion. You said in your word that you do things decently and in order. But the contradiction says in Joel 2.25 that you sent the
1: confusion
0: and you sent the calamity. I'm confused. Point number one: The reason why you experience God uh, confusion, uh, calamity, and chaos is because God, like He did in Joel, is saying to you, "I sent it." But God does not lie, and His word is true, and His word does not contradict itself. So, what are we? What are we saying? What are we saying? What are we? What are we saying? Let's keep talking. I'm. It's gonna make it plain in a minute. But I want to give you this caveat here that God uses our brokenness to develop us into what he has for us. Uh, I was in prayer um, about uh, uh, a couple years ago, actually like two years ago, and this is just the bottom had come uh, from under me, and I experienced all kinds of things, betrayal and lies and deceit, uh, not anything I had caused, and I cried out to God, and I said, God, why are you allowing this i'm a good person i'm quiet i go to church i pay my tithes i don't bother anybody nobody really bothers me i just i'm faithful and he let me know that he says because uh he said I, he, he he let me i'm anointed I'm, I'm called there's a cost of being called but he said that he a Samaria, so i know how to orchestrate circumstances to so people can fall in line with my will see god has to develop us through the process of pain Okay, now we still get this contradiction here because it still is is a bit contradictory. So it seems we're gonna make it plain in a minute they're gonna be contradictory in just a few minutes. So what is an author? The author is the originator or the creator, right? Is the original or the creator of something. So when God says he is not the author of confusion, it is not saying that he does not allow confusion, chaos or calamity. That's not what it's saying. What it is saying this is that God is not the author. He didn't create it. He's at the originator of it. He will allow it for his specific purpose. Okay, I'm gonna make, my, I'm gonna make my, my, my case plain here. So y'all go with me. He allows it to develop us and to get us and to get out of us what is inside of us. I used to work in a grocery store, not grocery store, excuse me, a jewelry store, excuse me, uh, many, many years ago. Uh, when I was going through undergrad, so uh, and they would the retail stores give me flexible hours. So I worked at a jewelry store and I learned something about how jewelry is developed. Uh, jewelry is developed, but the uh, jewelry naturally, if you look at like gold, right, it naturally has impurities in it. And so with the with the original or the creator, not necessarily the creator, the person who found the gold has to do is they have to put the gold into what is called some kind of a furnace, and that 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 gold gets almost like a liquid form and then the impurities in that gold comes to the top The the person who's who's making or creating a piece of jewelry wipes the impurities off okay because we got to get the impurities out of the gold then he puts it back into the fire and he does his price over and over again. This is why 10 karat gold is cheap, but 14 karat is more expensive. And 18 karat is more expensive than 14 karat gold. 24 karat gold is more expensive because, because the less impurities, the more valuable it is.
1: The less
0: the impurities in the gold, the more valuable it is. It costs more. So again, he allows us to develop us into greatness. Most people in this modern dispensation—see, I'm, 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 I'm in my 40s, but I'm still—I I remember certain things. So we, this generation wants microwave anointings. This generation wants platforms and positions, but you don't want the real anointing. We want to be seen. We don't want an anointing. We want to be seen. We think being seen means the anointing and it doesn't. So let's let's make my, my case plain here. Okay. My case plain here. Now, if you see me looking down, I have my <laughs> I have my scriptures, and usually I already have them pre-kind of written out, and I don't. So we're gonna go to Romans, okay. Romans chapter five. Okay, give me just one second here. Romans chapter five. And we're going to go about the third verse. I'm going to again, you know, by Lou Living Translation, all right? And it reads, we can rejoice when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help to develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confidence confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how God dearly loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. God uses problems and trials and pains to create endurance in us because you cannot be great without endurance you cannot be great without discipline and so god has to use the chaos and calamity of life to develop us he doesn't he doesn't he's not the author of it. he didn't create it but he uses it for our glory so we can be developed as people who are really anointed if you go to Deuteronomy okay chapter 8 God tells us a little bit more about why he sent he sent the people of of Israel into a wilderness okay and he said why he sent he said he sent the, into the, well this is around about the first verse okay he said be careful he's giving them instructions right before he's going to make them he's gonna um, uh, posture them to, for the promise he' says, be careful to obey all the commands I'm giving you today. Then you will live and multiply. and You will enter the land and occupy it. He says, remember verse two, Deuteronomy 8 verse two. Remember how I led you through the wilderness for 40 years. He did this. This is why he leads us. He allows these things, one, to humble us, to test us, to prove our character and to find out whether or not we would obey. Now, God knows what's really in our hearts. He really does. So he's not doing this to prove to him who we are he's doing it to prove to you who we are who you are see many are called a few are chosen I, I remember that scripture and um and i remember that scripture i never really quite understood that scripture because i would think well isn't everybody called if i chose to call you didn't let then, then me doesn't make me, then me I mean, chosen and i just didn't I never understood that scripture until i heard benningham broke it down but let me just explain this everyone has a call Everyone has a purpose that they're called to. It is your ability to, to pass the test, to endure, to be developed, to, to pass the discipline of God, to, to, to pass through the development stages of God that then qualifies you to be chosen. That's why it says many are called, but few are chosen. If I can interpret that scripture, it means many are called, but few endure the process that it takes to become the chosen ones. It's because you got a prophecy over your life does not mean it's going to be fulfilled. It does not mean that uh, you are going to manifest that promise. Okay, so one reason why God allows uh, calamity, one, God sent it. Point number two is you caused it. So you got to figure either one. In your prayer time, God, did I do something wrong? Is this something I did? Or, or is God saying I'm, I'm, I'm developing you into something? Because you will experience chaos, calamity, and confusion if, if, if because of disobedience as well. Right? So it says, so I'm saying you caused it. So either God sent it, or either you caused it. And sometimes you'll experience it uh, again because you've been faithful over a few things, and God is developing, and there's going to be into. It. But there are some things that go wrong and haywire in our lives because you caused it you know our choices dictate our destiny you know we still read what we sell the grace of god does not alleviate you from the consequences of your own poor choice poor choices by the way it just it it, it, it's it may uh, uh guarantee your 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 place in heaven but it does not alleviate you from the consequences of your own actions so you cause, it. how do you cause it? wrong alignments, wrong people, dysfunctional people, disobedience. Okay. Now I want you to read the scripture. Now I'm not going to read this on uh, your own time, but for the sake of our time here, I'm not going to like, I said, I'm not going to read it, but I want you to look up Joshua seven, chapter one through five. Okay. Jap- Joshua chapter seven, uh, verses, excuse me, one through five. So Joshua, as you know, became the leader after Moses, um, and and Joshua and the people of Israel are operating under the promises of God, and they are getting great victories because God gave them the promise that they would possess the land, right? And so they had certain instructions um, that they were given to them, okay? And so those instructions were to destroy everything. Well, Achan, Achan, fa- Achan. I may be uh, say that wrong. A C H A N. If I say that wrong. Just bear with me okay <laughs> so he he they got victory over um the enemy and he has stolen certain good which is against the commandments they have been their instructions they have been given and he placed these items into his tent and he hid them and that angered god because he disobeyed god right so let me tell you what happened um joshua goes out to win another battle again he didn't even send all the troops he kept saying this is a light battle we just go you know uh and we'll we'll be, it'll be fine basically I'm, I'm paraphrasing y'all read it on your own time he sent the soldiers and he thought they would win the battle easily because god handles on the people of israel's life and they would just win the battle was like it wasn't nothing. they was just taking numbers honey get it. <laughs> But what ends up happening is after Akon did this, a battle that should have easily been won, they fought the battle and they were defeated
1: and they were defeated really, really badly. Okay? And so Joshua says... Wait a minute. Something's something wrong here. What in the world is going on? And I'm paraphrasing. He said, God, now. What happened? He was perplexed. Because remember when H, wait, a- I can call it Akon. It may be the wrong word.
0: When he took the accursed thing, into his tent and he, he didn't tell anybody he didn't tell joshua he didn't tell anybody he just hit his stuff and kept it going
1: like it was nothing but because of the disobedience he started losing again sometimes we experience
0: chaos calamity and confusion because of what we did our own disobedience so we have to get rid of certain things and so what happened is because akon was disobedient to god It angered God and his presence and his, you can't win and be disobedient at the same time. Joshua had to go and pray
1: and say, God, aren't you, I don't understand. For your own sake, didn't you probably, you know, you you
0: read on your own time. So why do you experience chaos, confusion that, that, that is your fault? Well, you keep trying to bring an accursed thing into your prowess instead of
1: being obedient and getting rid of it. See, God told you, let it go. And you keep trying to make it work. The thing that God has said is curse, destroy it, we got it in our tent, hidden, as if God doesn't see So you got to get rid of it. Get rid of dead relationships.
0: Get rid of anything, accursed. things that God has told you to let it go. Get rid of habitual sin and habits. Get rid of that thing that God told you to. Stop
1: trying to get God to bless what he never started. Who, what do you need to get rid of? Leave it in the past. So if you look
0: at the the New Living Translation, okay? God basically says to uh, Joshua, I will
1: not be with you until you get rid of that sin. Hmm. I will not be with you until you get rid of it. All right. So if you read, um, well, another example, you may want to look at your own time.
0: leviticus t- chapter 10 uh and it talks about how uh, aaron's sons had offered up to god strange fire it's equivalent to what we do today is we try to worship god and strange fire at the same time we try to give god strange worship and we try to mix our stuff in together god told you to get rid of it and we still try to serve god with our idols or things that god told us to let go of All right so what should you do about it well we first got to follow joshua's example joshua was a man of god like i said and he did not know uh, that uh Ashan, akon <laughs> he didn't know <laughs> that he did not know what he had done um and so he went into god in prayer and then god revealed and so my instructions to you today is god will reveal if this is a part of my process or is this a result of my sin? So let me say that again, God will reveal, right? If this is a part of my process or if this is a part of my sin that I have not um, um, obeyed God in, okay? God will let you know that, right? So if it is a part of my process, As painful as it may be, I have to submit to the process. While you are submitting to the process, maintain your integrity and at the end, you will get the end, you will get the victory in the end, excuse me, you will get the victory in the end such as the case with job who went through a whole bunch who you know the story of job was is really uh, spectacular as far as what he went through um but he was a faultless man he was blameless he's not doing anything wrong but he was experiencing such chaos cla- calamity and confusion and because he maintained his, his integrity and he maintained his faith in god he it did end he got a double portion and so it's a really important for us to understand that even when you're in the midst of a trial there's always going to be a beginning a middle and the end there are things that that God is going to uh, posture us for. And, uh, and like Job, he did, it, it, did, it wasn't gonna last forever. You know the old saying used to go, "Trouble don't last that way." You say, "Trouble don't last that." You know we sing that song, but it's true. It, it when you're in the moment of that of that pain, it feels like it lasts forever. It feels like it's never going to end, but there is an end date. And so, in that in between time, regardless of the pain, regardless of turmoil, turmoil, regardless of what you're going through, uh, you just have to endure, decide to endure, and submit to the process. And as God is giving you lessons that you will need for your next stage in life just write those things down but endure okay now what if it's a a matter of sin you guys listen you this thing right here you ain't let go of it it's because of this sin right here this why you here well if that be the case and that be will be the case for some people uh you have to uh repent and then turn there's no point of repent of 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 asking God for, uh, for help. If you're not going to repent, if you're going to go back and do what you want to do. So you repent, you turn, and then you still submit to the recovery process. And remember at the end of the day, all things work together for the good of them that love God and a cause according to its purpose. So whether it was uh, just God who was directing your steps and develop you into greatness, or it was because of your own sin, your own disobedience, at the end of the day, God is still going to get the glory out of it. But you got to posture yourself correctly. Okay? God bless you. We'll be back another day another time, another banger. You can check out my website at www.dackasnarycover.com or if you want to check out my therapy website is www.kingdomcreativecounseling.com. We'll be we'll be back another day another time, another banger. Okay? God
1: bless you and have a wonderful remainder of your Sunday. Bye.